We are on Ksubis Nun Beis Amabez 52b as we begin a new Mishnah. And this Mishnah continues the, the discussion of what are the obligations, the financial obligations specifically, that a husband has towards his wife that is included in the Ksuba. There is the regular Ksuba, which is uh, the obligation that the husband takes upon himself to uh, support and uh, to pay his wife when the marriage ends, whether that's at, uh, at a divorce or when the husband dies. But in addition to that, there are also other aspects to the ksuba, other obligations that he takes upon himself. As we've been learning about, uh, we've been seeing what hap- the obligation that he has to redeem his wife, um, to, uh, to, provide, to pay for the doctor's fees. Uh, so the, this Mishnah continues with other obligations uh, that he has. And so before we actually discuss the Mishnah, let's discuss uh, a few of them in general terms, and then we'll discuss the Mishnah. So the, one of them is referred to as Ksubas Banindichrin. Ksubas Banindichrin is as follows. Uh, when a couple gets married, uh, so then she receives, the wife receives her Ksuba, the amount for Ksuba, uh, when uh, the marriage ends, but that's only if she is alive when the marriage ends, meaning... Uh, if they get divorced, or if the husband dies first, so then she receives her ksuba money. However, if she passes away first, so then because she passed away first, so then uh, she does not receive the ksuba money. It's on a biblical level; um, it, uh, she, does, she doesn't she doesn't receive the ksuba money. It stays with the husband because she died first. Uh, the concept of ksubas banan is as follows: ksubas banan tells us that even if she were to die first. Still, um, they they added this into the ksuba that any children that they have, uh, so then together, so then when the husband later passes away, when the father passes away, so then let's say there are multiple wives in the picture. He's married to multiple women, and so therefore he has children from multiple marriages. Uh, so there's there's a rule that we want to make sure that the ksuba money that she would have received if she were to have been alive when the marriage ended, when the marriage was terminated, uh, but now that she, she died first, that money would go to her children first, meaning before we divide up all the, the entire estate equally amongst uh, the various children, so before we do any of that, uh, we want to make sure that her own children receive the ksuba amount. So whatever the ksuba amount is, it's not just the ksuba amount of the 100 or 200, but it's any additional, what we refer to as Tosefis Ksuba, whatever additional amount the husband put upon himself uh, to, pay, to pay her. Uh, so then that would also go to her children before they divide up the estate. And in addition to that, what we refer to as the Nidunya. The Nidunya is whatever the father of the girl, of the wife, uh, he uh, gives to her to bring into the marriage, uh, referred to as a Nidunya. He, he gives her money to bring into the marriage uh, this is uh, to help them out, uh, to make it uh, more attractive to marry her uh, because she's bringing money into the marriage. Uh, so um, because of that, we want, them, uh, we want them to have a successful marriage. So we encourage the father to, uh, to really uh, put money into, the, into their marriage. So then that comes out when, the, let's say, when the father passes away, the husband passes away. So the nidunya amount will be given to the children. We say that that Nidunya amount would end up going to the children of that marriage, uh, as opposed to being divided up evenly and equally 
between all of the children of of the uh, of the different uh, marriages. Um, so this uh, potentially could come up uh, in a situation even nowadays where uh, they're only married to one wife, but it could be that let's say if they get divorced. Um, Sorry, this would really only come up if uh, she passes away first. Um, so if she passed away first, not divorced, but if she passed away first and then he marries somebody else and there's multiple children from different marriages, so then let's say this would potentially apply even nowadays. Um, now there there was, we're not going to really discuss this too much, but there was during the times of the Gaonim, after the time of the writing of the Gemara, but during the times of the Gaonim, uh, a little bit later, a few hundred years later, uh, they... Um, they got many of them got rid of this uh, this requirement. Uh, why is not really not for now, um, but uh, they, they did uh, get rid of this requirement. Uh, but this is the concept called ksubas banedechren, and the Gemara will explain why we have this principle. Why do we have this principle that uh, the ksuba, whatever is added onto the ksuba, the nidunya, what the father gives his daughter to bring into the marriage, all of that, if she were to pass away first, and so therefore she doesn't receive it because she's no longer alive. So then, when the husband passes away, the father passes away. That money is then given over only to her kids, and it's not divided up evenly between all of the different kids. That is called ksubas banan dechren. There is another ksuba referred to as ksubas banan nokvin. Ksubas banan nokvin is also an idea that we've discussed in the past. But ksubas banan nokvin is specifically with regards to the daughters. That when it comes to the regular laws of yerusha of inheritance, uh, the inheritance, the estate is given over only to the boys if they're boys, only to the sons. Um, what about the daughters? The daughters, that's the Ksubas Banan Nukvin. Another part to the Ksuba is that uh, when the sons receive the estate, they also have an obligation to provide sustenance for the daughters. The daughters receive sustenance from the estate, which was given over to the sons. And so therefore the sons have the requirement to continue to provide sustenance to the daughters. And an additional element to the Ksuba, which will be the last part of this Mishnah, is that they also have to provide sustenance to the wife to their mother uh, because they received the sons received the estate and so therefore they have to provide sustenance to their mother after the husband after the father passes away so says the Mishnah what happens if you don't write this down when it comes to the first idea uh, that uh, the sons from that particular marriage uh, to, with, to their mother, they receive the ksuba. Again, in a case where the mother passes away first, before the father, and they receive the ksuba and the additional parts of the ksuba and the nedunya. If they don't write that down, it's still a part of the ksuba. It's not, you don't have to write it. It's better to write it down. But if you don't write it down, it's still, it's a tznai bezin. This is a condition coming from bezin. Next case, Additionally, to, to provide sustenance to the girls, this is Ksubas Banan Nokvan, to provide sustenance to the girls when the, when the boys are the ones who receive the, uh, the Yerusha, the inheritance. Uh, so they have to provide sustenance for their sisters. Uh, so that's also, if they don't write it down, it's part of the tonight Bezin. It's part of the condition of Bezin. It still is a part of the Ksuba, even if they don't write it down in the document. And the last case, Ati Yasu Bebezin that uh, the, the children provide sustenance for their mother, 
the entire time that uh, she's a widow, meaning until let's say she marries somebody else, so then it wouldn't there, there wouldn't be an obligation anymore. But if they don't write that down, also it would continue to apply because this is also a tenai basin. This is a condition coming from the court. So even though it's not written in the document itself, so then it would still apply. This is the custom that was written by uh, that that uh, was the custom of the people of Yerushalayim and also the people of Galil. However, Anshe Yehuda Yukosin Achiyutu Hayyorish and Litin Lakhsubasa, Yachlafiyachem Razi Yorish and Osin Lakhsubasa, Vipotrin Osa. However, when it comes to the Anshe Yehuda, the people from uh, the area of Yehuda, they had a slightly different language in the Ksuba. According to the, the, the way we've been explaining until now, is that there's an obligation to provide sustenance for their, to their mother until she marries somebody else. However, the people of Yehuda, they said that the children actually have an option. They have an option. They could either pay the ksuba amount to their mother or they could provide sustenance to their mother, but they don't have to do both. They're not required to do both. That's the opinion. Uh, that, that was the uh, custom within Anshe Yehuda, the people that lived in Yehuda. Okay. That is the mission. The mission is describing three different cases, three different additional aspects to the ksuba. Again, the ksuba is but in Dichrin, the ksuba is Banan uh, Nokvin, and then to provide sustenance to their mother. Now, our Gemara now will focus only on Ksubas Banan Dichrin. Again, the part of the Ksuba, this additional part of the Ksuba, which says that if she, if the mother slash wife dies first, so then if there are multiple children from multiple marriages, so then the children from her marriage, her own children, uh, will receive the Ksuba, the additional part of the Ksuba, and the Nidunya when the father passes away. Sigmar wants to know, Why did they institute this? What was the purpose? What was the uh, driving force behind this rabbinic uh, requirement, this rabbinic decree? Why did they do this? Sigmar explains, Because the, the, the main question is, in the end of the day, the husband, on a biblical level, receives the Yerusha, the inheritance from his wife. It's his. So why do they go out of their way to say no? It's not completely his. Part of it really belongs to the children. Why, why do they do that? So the Gemara explains that the reason why they instituted this was because they wanted to incentivize the father to add more to the Nidunya. We wanted to make sure that the father is giving more to his daughter when she enters into her marriage. And if we tell him, if we tell the father, listen, this will belong to your daughter. And when she gets married... She's going to bring this into the marriage. And don't worry, if she, even if she passes away first, so then still it will still continue on with your family because we will make sure that it's given to your grandchildren. It won't remain by your son-in-law, God forbid, uh, but uh, this, will, this will stay with your grandchildren. We'll make sure that this stays within your family. This will stay with, uh, with your grandchildren. And this is a way to incentivize, to make sure that uh, a father would be willing to give these various gifts to his daughter to bring into the marriage because at the end of the day he'll know that it's given over to even if his daughter will pass away first he'll be given over to his grandchildren okay that's the reason um, now just, just to point out uh, there are various interesting questions what happens if let's say uh, the, the, the children the, 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 there were children but the children passed away uh, and there are grandchildren or what happens if there are also grandchildren do the grandchildren also divide part of this up uh, from that marriage who exactly is entitled uh, to this, uh, to these gifts, to the nedunya, to this uh, money? So the, all these are, are important questions that are asked by the commentators. Sigmar asks, "Wait a minute. Umeikamidi, Durachmana Amar Brali Rus Brasilitiris Vasurabanan Musakni 
Detiros. So the Gemara basically asks, this is going against the Torah. We know that this is going against the Torah. The Torah tells us that the sons receive the Yerusha, the inheritance. The daughters do not receive it. Why are we creating a system here where the Torah tells us that a father should only give it the estate to his uh, to his sons, but not to his daughters. We're now creating a system where the daughters uh, will receive the Nidunya, will receive these various gifts. But why? Isn't this value going against the Torah? It seems like it's going against the Torah value with regards to Yerusha. Uh, so it happens to be, just to point out parenthetically, that this question is also asked in a different Gemara, in a different context, uh, discussing the laws of inheritance. And over there, the Gemara gives a different answer. It is to a different situation, but it's the same principle that we're giving money over to somebody else that's not deserving of it by the Torah. The Torah says that the inheritance should be given to one person and the end is given to somebody else. And there the Gemara says, no, there's a concept called Hefker based in Hefker. There's a concept called uh, the courts. This is not going against the Torah. The court is always allowed to transfer money. When it comes to financial issues, uh, monetary issues, so then the court has the uh, jurisdiction over this and they have the right to transfer money. The, the Gemara doesn't explain that over here. The Gemara will give a different answer and it's interesting because there's a big, big discussion when it comes to the laws of inheritance. Is that really viewed as just purely a financial issue? Or there's really something deeper uh, when it comes to the laws of inheritance. It's not just the transfer over of money, but it's really the transfer over uh, from, uh, from close relative to close relative, which might be above and beyond just uh, merely a monetary uh, transfer, but it really represents something much more than that. Um, and so that's why perhaps the Gemara doesn't give that answer in our Gemara. But what does our Gemara answer? At the end of the day, why are we creating this incentive, creating a, trying to uh, create this um, this takana, this decree where uh, the his the father's money doesn't just go to the sons, but also the gifts go to the daughters? So the Gemara answers, Hanami deraisahu. No, this is also a deraisa, a biblical value. Now we won't be quoting a pasuk, a verse from the Torah itself, um, but uh, it's really from. Uh, Yirmiyahu uh, from Jeremiah, so it's not uh, it's not from the Torah itself; it's from the Nevi'im. But it's still it's a it's it's a it's a very important value. In the end, day we see that it's an important value. Dirsiv kechul nashim v'lidibanim ubanos kechul of nechem nashim v'esmenosichem tenu la nashim. It says that you should take uh, wives for your sons, and you should uh, you should give your daughters over to. Uh, to get married to men. So the says, Bishlam Abanam Biyadi Kaime, Elamidi Kihechid the Kofti Allah, Vazinasvila. Elabinase, sorry, I skipped the line. Me Kaimin and Biyade. Hakamashman, Dinobasham Nixav Nisavla, Midi Kihechid the Kofti Allah, Vazinasvila. The Gemara says, I understand that uh, you could you could tell your children, your sons, uh, that they should marry so and so, that they should marry the, the following people. Because the sons, they're the ones who have to actively initiate the marriage. Uh, but when it comes to the daughters, what does it mean that you're in charge of your daughters and, and with regards to who they marry? So the Gemara explains, what this means is that the father has an obligation to make sure that their daughter, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a good, uh, it's a good shidduch and that it's, uh, uh, she, has, uh, she has the means to get married, that the father has to provide to the daughter to, to make sure that she has money, that she has clothing, so that uh, it looks like, uh, so that it'll, it'll, it'll be a, a good shidduch, it'll be a good match. And so the father has that obligation. Once the Torah tells us, in Yirmiyahu, the Torah is telling us that there is such an obligation on the father, so then the, the rabbis have the right 
to create such a decree. They have the right to, to create such a decree that the, we want to incentivize the father to give more gifts to his daughter so that his daughter could get married. Okay. The Arkama, until how much? Because at the end of the day, this is going against the principle of the sons receiving the Yerusha, the estate. So how much is he allowed to give to his daughter? The Gemara says, up until a tenth of his estate. He could give up until a tenth of his estate. Again, just to point out, uh, if she doesn't get married, so then the, the sons have to uh, provide sustenance to, his, uh, to the sister. And when she does get married, so then it's the responsibility of the husband to take care of his wife and what she needs. Okay, so ask the Mars follows. Says the Gemara, I understand that the Nidunya should go to his grandchildren. We're trying to incentivize him to give these gifts to his daughter. So we say that even if the daughter passes away first, once the husband, once the father passes away, we give those gifts to the grandchildren. But what about, why do we also give the Ksuba? Why do we also give the Ksuba? Why do we give the Ksuba and the additional parts to the Ksuba? Oh, why is that also given over to specifically the sons from that marriage? So the answer is, because if the, if the father-in-law, really the father of the girl, sees that his uh, son-in-law is refusing uh, to give the ksuba, so then he's not going to write these gifts. He's going to see that, oh, look, look, look who she's marrying. doesn't have the compassion towards my grandchildren. So we want to make sure that uh, we see that he's giving, he's giving above and beyond to his grandchildren. Uh, and that therefore, the father-in-law, the father of the girl, will also give these various gifts, the nidunya, to his daughter. So ask the of Eima hechad the kasev av, hechad the kasev av, lichtov baal hechad the kasev av lo lichtov baal. So asks the Gemara. So then maybe the cases of ksubas ban and dichren. This case, this uh, tnai, this condition of ksubas ban and dichren that. Uh, when the when the husband passes away second, when he's the, the second one to pass away after his wife, so then we give over all these things to the to to her children. Maybe that should only apply when the father actually gives gifts to the daughter. But if the father didn't give gifts to the daughter, so then it shouldn't apply. So answers the Gemara low plug rabbanon. We make a low plug. We're not going to start differentiating between different cases. In that case, the father gave gifts. In that case, the father didn't give gifts. No, there's a concept of a low plug. We're not going to differentiate. Oh, bas nami. Tiros. So why don't we make it that uh, the these gifts are not just given to the sons, the grandsons, it should also be given to the granddaughters, if this is all a gift. So the grandsons, it's not just a gift. The rabbis, when they instituted this, they instituted this, that it should work in the same way, parallel to Yerusha, to the laws of inheritance, which is given over only to the sons. Asks the Gemara also, Bas uh, Abanos Tiros. Why don't we say that if there are only girls, why is this only given to, to the boys? If there's only girls, so then by the laws of inheritance, it's given over to the girls. So here too, it should be given over to the daughters, if there's only uh, girls. So the Gemara says, low plug Rabbanon. No, because we're going to make a low plug. We're gonna make, we're, we want to have just one general rule. The rule is that it's given over to the sons, to the grandsons, and it's not given over to the granddaughters. Otherwise, things are going to get confusing. What happens if there's sons and daughters? Uh, we might confuse the, the cases. So therefore, when in a case where there's grandchildren, Grandson, sorry, specifically. So then we will apply this uh, this concept of Ksubas Ban and but not when there are granddaughters. Ask the last question the Gemara. Vitigbim So then let us uh, collect from, uh, not just from karka, from uh, land, from, from property itself, from the land itself, 
um, which is generally what happens by Iksuba, but let us also collect because this is a parallel to uh, the laws of Yerusha, the laws of inheritance. Let us collect from the from the father's movable objects as well. The Gemara says, no, it's like inheritance, but it's also Iksuba Shavir Abanan. Um, that you can collect uh, just like Iksuba, and Iksuba is only collected from the land itself. Sorry, well, two more lines. Uh, so the Gemara has Titra from Mishabadi. Why don't we say also that uh, these grandchildren, the grandsons, sorry, could collect from even fields which the father doesn't currently own, but it's uh, it's by other people, and there's a Sheba, there's a lien on it. The Gemara says Yarsen Tanan. It's only, it has, it's parallel to Iksuba, but it's also parallel to the laws of inheritance, where it's only if it's with him, do they receive it? And so therefore they only receive that which is property that he has, land that he has, which is currently with the father at the time that he passed away. So last point, The institution of Ksuba's Ban and Dichren, that the grandsons received the Ksuba and the additional parts of Ksuba and then the Dunya, the gifts that were given to their mother, this only applies if there's also a certain amount, a Moser Dinar, a minimal amount, which is, can also be divided up evenly between all the different sons from the different marriages. And the Gemara explains why, why do we have that? Because we still want to make sure that the biblical concept of dividing it up evenly between all the sons, that continues to exist. So we want to make sure that continues to exist. So if we, if we were to have this Ksubas Ban and Dichren, where only the sons from that particular uh, wife receive everything, and then there's nothing to divide up evenly, we would, never, we would never apply this principle. We want to make sure that the biblical principle continues to apply the laws of Yerusha, the laws of inheritance, where everybody divides it up even, evenly continues to apply uh, when you have the concept of Ksuvah's Bund and Dichon, if it wouldn't apply, if we wouldn't be able to divide it up evenly, there's just too little money uh, that the father has, so then we would not apply this principle of Ksuvah's Bund and Dichon. Okay, this concludes this part of the Gemara, and we'll continue with this concept of Ksuvah's Bund and Dichon in the next class.